Every time I hear those drums, it makes me want to punch somebody. This is another episode of Square Grouper. Hi, guys. I'm Fox with my co-host, Dave. Dave, how you doing today? Hopefully we don't get a, if you don't know what that is for younger people, that's like a remix Miami Vice intro. Hopefully we don't get in trouble for using it, but who knows what it will change into, you know? So Yeah, who knows? Who knows what the show will turn into? But anyway, we have a few news articles here. Um, of course, the article about how the DOH issued two of those black farmer licenses. They were sent to, uh, I think, Terry Gwynn. And Shadrick McGriff, they put a $5 million bond to begin operating. HB 387, signed by DeSantis, of course, it, I mean, was what allowed that. Um, was just helping carry out a 2017 law. Pretty much there was this Pigford class. I don't, it's a really long story. It's like the U.S. Department of Agriculture fucked these people over and they sued and won. So there's like this class of farmer someone that was involved in one of those cases or something. But anyway, they were finally issued these licenses, more coming. Um, HB 387 made it to where I think more of the people that applied will get it. So um, besides that, lots of like national attention about recreational cannabis and how much money it could bring into the state, or I guess local news too. Uh, MasterCards telling banks to stop allowing cannabis purchases. And, like, I knew years ago people get their checking accounts closed for using CanPay or other, you know, debit card services to buy cannabis loopholes. Uh, another pretty big story is, like, that a corrections officer that pretty much, I think, failed a, a test for cannabis and then said he was a medical cannabis patient and then they told him too bad or whatever because he had to have a gun. And if you're a gun owner and you smoke cannabis, whatever, blah, 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 you're a felon. So anyway, he's taking that to the Supreme Court. Um, I mean, we'll see what happens. I think the Supreme Court's just going to say the same shit, but you never know. So what I will say is if the, for the dude taking it out to the Supreme Court, you got to be careful because you pull up on a day where those dudes are mid-sentence and just freeze and have to be dragged off, then you might be wow. fucked. <laughs> Mitch McConnell's handler was pissed. Oh, dude. Or maybe he knew it was going to happen. I felt so uncomfortable watching that. The human in me is like, all right, dog, he's 81. He's clearly having a moment or he's shitting his pants. It's like one of the two, right? The weird weed conspiracist in me is like, that's not him. (laughs) I don't know who the fuck that was. He forgot, though. Either way, not a good look. No, not a good look. And this isn't either. And I'm going to address this just because it's in the news. St. Petersburg Cannabis and Psychedelics Convention tests legal gray area in Florida. Oh, boy. Uh, this is about Cannadelic, a summer event, and just about all the, you know, loopholes that are broken to sell drugs. Um, if you know me, I don't really like the Cannadelic people. They used to be involved, you know, in medical marijuana and, you know, promoted for true leave and cure leave and just the nurse said horrible and her shit. husband correct said horrible shit to you know just i i don't want to get into it i don't like them you know now they're in that industry whatever you know that's that's how it goes it's how the cookie crumbles so no one stepped up so the posers stepped up got a little spot in there they're still disrespecting people people are still letting shit slide you know so whatever fuck it i guess you got to Surf out to your own wave, bro. 
Yeah, or you get caught in the undertow. I did hear someone got arrested there for smoking weed, though. It's super what? Really? <coughs> I don't know the story behind it. It's like, hey. I don't really care either, because if you went and started, you know, <laughs> regardless. But people just want community, so, like, I can't blame anyone for going or going the no. store, you know. The whole point is, like, look, if someone is actually taking psychedelics and believes in the fact that, like, this is a betterment to them in their lives, whether it's holistically, whether it's mental health, whatever, right? I want you to find your people. I want you to find the people that are passionate about this truly and and build on that because some of the best conversations I've had in the last like three years have been with my colleagist. Like, and there's, it's a beautiful world of, uh, people who genuinely believe in the, in the science and and the miracle of what these psychedelics can provide, not just in that aspect, when you look at mushrooms and as a whole, and, and you see that some of them have, you know, the same sort of like, uh, anti-cancer, um, qualities that THC has, it's pretty fucking cool. Um, most of these people at those events don't give a fuck about that stuff. They're, if they're walking up to you dressed like a rainbow tie-dye mushroom trying to sell you some bullshit synthetic chocolate bars and probably have a ditzy-ass laugh, you're, you're in the wrong place. You just, just stop and turn around now because they're just profiting off of you. And I hate that. Like, it's, like it happens all the time, no, no matter what it is. You know, something becomes cool. People jump to it and they try to ride that wave, but it just takes one real conversation with someone to talk about, you know, the cultivation of mushrooms or breaking down into the genetics of it. Like, yo, there's this whole, like, just like you've heard me talk about shit, you know, it, it goes deeper than that with, with mycology, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. I've yet to find a single person's of substance at those events. And I, I mean, I try, I, 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 if I end up at one for whatever weird reason, it's because I got dragged there with somebody or I was trying to support a friend who was actually doing some good. But with that comes the people that kind of try to squeeze in their way and and they aren't great, you know? So you kind of have to like choose between trying to support the people that are doing it for the right reasons while it's still a grassroots movement, which it's not anymore. It's, it's, it's slowly becoming what we've already dealt with in, in cannabis. We're just waiting, you know, we're just waiting for the shit to hit the fan because it will. Um, and I'm not particularly a fan. Like I would rather hand everybody a joint or an edible because it's more predictable than me giving you a 0.3 or, or maybe not a microdose, but definitely once you get past the micro into macro dosages, it's too unpredictable. What the Every, fuck is a microdose, bro? A microdose is anywhere from like a 0.1 to like a 0. 0.3. 0. 0.5. 0.5 even for some. 0. 0.5 of the right shit, though, will rock your world, bro. Um, you know, that's the thing that people don't realize. And this is coming from someone who used to go to Ultra. I would eat seven grams of mushrooms, and I would take um, a whole bunch of blue dolphins. And if you don't know what those are, I don't feel like explaining it. But if you do, congratulations. We're all old. Um, and I fucking trolling. That's when, when trolling was literally just melting your face off and not what the internet consists of it now, or or basically every conversation you and I have trolling. Um, you know, 
<laughs> no, it's it, don't apologize. I love it. Um, but to explain it to people when they're like, yo, he's talking about – no, this is like specific drug use of yesteryear, <laughs> which sounds funny to say. But um, yeah, so like – yeah. Needless to say, Back in my day, we used to just call that I'm fucked up. No, yeah, I'm just saying for, for, for days. And, you know, so like to go from that and go on the extreme end. And then sometimes, like, yo, you're, it's weird. As I've gotten older, I've uh, abused, and I don't want to say abuse, you know, because you like, you recreationally use that shit before you're really able to, you know, it's like, you know what you're doing to an extent. Um, As I've gotten older, I've like, I don't know, man. I, I really true view that stuff as medicine where it's like, I know people that do it on a daily, but it is, it is hard. It is hard for me to justify that, but I'm not every person. There are certain people where their anxiety and certain things, or you wouldn't be able to tell that every day they're taking a total of like a 0.3, you know, maybe one or two or three times a day, a 0.1 or whatever the case is. That's enough to do amazing differences in people that have uh, social uh, inabilities, you know, or, or dealing with things on the inside. But I can't like, dude, there's, it's not something that I do recreationally for fun unless I'm in certain situations or I specifically need to expand, forget about, or really just search for something that I can't comprehend, you know? Yeah, um, the mushrooms themselves, I, I think they're great. Micro and macro doses, essentially, a micro being anything under half a gram. Having gone through, you know, eating massive amounts of psychedelics to like trickling it down now to where honestly, like, unless it's a specific product I'm trying that's dosed at a specific thing, I'm usually at like, I'll 0. 0.3, 0. 0.5 at a time and kind of work it from there. If it's something more social, there's a certain point where it's like, all right, you get to a point where everything is sort of fun. But then once you get to a point, being social is a little hard and you're just like sitting there fucking losing your mind a little bit. And that's okay. But you got to kind of just figure out where, where you want to be. And then also understand that every mushroom is different. You know, penis envies are going to hit you differently than, um, you know, golden teachers or, you know, um, stargazers or you know there's god there's all sorts of shit now dude it's insane and like that's actually something on the side that i'm trying to keep up with because you know as that expands there's people that are making uh and creating strains every day to try to um basically create something that you know they can they can hold to but more importantly the next big wave you know and just like we saw with certain brands that through the use of mylars and marketing you know, really hyped up new strains that they were working on. I don't doubt for a single second that we're going to see that over again, you know, as this market starts to roll out medically, recreationally, and, you know, so on and so forth. What do you think about driving a car on mushrooms? Oh, God. I want to be really honest. So let me let me ponder how I'm going to answer that for just a second. My mom listens to this, so be careful how you answer. No, I'm just telling myself that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'm a fan of Hunter S. Thompson. He was probably one of my favorite writers in high school just because of just the way that he looked at everything through a lens full of LSD, essentially. Really, uh, it was a different way of reading how someone thinks 
and, and portrays those thoughts and, and, you know, and the stories that come from it. Super cool. Uh, on that note, I guess there's a time and place for everything. You know, uh, here's what I will say. I can't advise anybody, regardless of what I've done in the past, to do something where you might hurt somebody. And if you've ever driven while high, you know, on cannabis or whatever, you kind of know the more that you do it, the more the more regular that becomes to you to a point where it's just like whether you smoked or not that day, that task is no different than you getting up, you taking a step, you, you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's muscle memory. It's very integrated, you know? Um, not to say that, like, I don't, because I came up in the, in, in the car scene and stuff, I actually like, I smoked because I knew I would cruise in my whip at cruising speeds versus, you know, if I'm drinking or if I'm just like, fucking you know straight Sober. shot I'm, yeah. I'm looking for that next dude to run it and be like yo what's up like i got two bands on it let's go like you know and, and like get myself in some fucking trouble it never like dude i i never got pulled over on my own accord when i drove a different story being a dumbass kid in other people's cars but on my own accord driving race cars driving like smoking blunts like very very into the normal in miami it's very whether people you know, inside the city, it's very normalized, like the way you'd see it on the West Coast. Like, I know motherfuckers that just straight blow down. They don't give a fuck. I do it up here, like an hour north. Exactly. So, like, it's, dude, you know, they, they got a lot of other things to worry about in Florida. And most people, you don't see enough accidents or even hear about them where you, people aren't under the influence like that. They're actually have to, if you've been in Miami traffic, you'd want to be a little stone. Trust me. It's fucking bullshit. So yeah, like you, you really do got to be breaking the law or doing stupid shit to even get pulled over down here. Not that that should give anyone a, a pass to do dumb shit in their car. But I mean, let's be honest. It's a fucking car state. And you know, if it's raining or it's hot as fuck outside, like, People it's are gonna smoke. Pretty, yeah, it's, 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 it's a vessel. People are gonna fucking smoke in their whip. So like, I can't, yeah. I can't tell you what not to do. Can I? Will I tell you that I was wild as fuck growing up and I did a whole bunch of shit? Yep, sure did. So to answer your question, yes. To answer your question, yes. Done it in the middle of the desert, fucking driving through, going to Las Vegas. Do you think it's like driving a boat? It's like when you turn the wheel, it like feels like the whole car like tilts, like it's on like the fucking. So when you're out in the middle of the desert and you don't have many cars around you, it's actually it's, it's like the best thing because you don't have people around you. You're just fucking driving through a desert. At best, you're going to see a car every, you know, it might range where it could you could be riding around a car for 20 minutes or an hour and then not see one for another two or three. Where were you at, Joshua Tree? Oh, no, you're on your way to Vegas. Where so the you? fuck was I? No, honestly, bro, it was really fucked up. I was very, you know what? Okay, so I did it because I was at a point in life where I was literally told I had a, I had very little time. I was very, very sick. I was going through something, and my friend took me on a road trip, thinking like we don't know if I'm gonna see the next couple months. This was like pre-COVID, so I believe that. We started in Oregon, went down to Cali or up 
No, went down to Cali. Sorry, my shit's all fucked up. Um, and then from there, we just kept going. I don't know what the, f- I don't know how or why we ended up in the desert, but it was a lot of fun. And I would tell everybody, like, find a way to safely have that experience in your life one day. That's the best way that I can say it because there's just something solely freeing and like it is kind of like a floating boat, you know, and and like it's weird. But at the same time, if you're a car person, you feel so connected. You like you hear this machine in a new way. It's so weird. And it could be very overwhelming for people. So, like, if they're not into that, don't fucking do that. <laughs> it, it, it might fuck with someone. Yeah, stay the fuck inside if it's not for you. Like, this yeah, is for – Like, it's it's really – That's why, like, the microdose culture cracks me up. And, and I'm not trying to be, like, egotistical or superior because at the end of the day, I'm just a drug addict. But, you know, I, it's been about a decade since I, like, partied and stuff in South Florida. And, and people are fucked up behind the wheel, you know what I mean? And people take a lot of fucking psychedelics and, like, the shit I would take and go out and, like, run around and, and, and go do stuff in Miami or maybe go out to clubs or whatever. Most people wouldn't even want to leave the fucking house. And and now that I look back at it, it's, it's weird. I was thinking the other day, you know, I really <laughs> wouldn't think a lot. You know, when you're, when you, when you're under the influence of that, you, like, have these epiphanies or thoughts and like back then i just would enjoy the other effects of it like i wouldn't think i would just like zone out so i was like abusing it already you know i never i don't know it's weird yeah i um driving a car i had to drive a car on all kinds of stuff because i was always all fucked up or being the one who's fucked up the least and you're like all right yeah that's (laughs) true too in my case you're right 100 percent that's like the first like time the I ever one drove, not drinking. Dog, the first time I ever drove a Lamborghini was solely because a friend of mine was too fucked too up to drive up. it. And he's like, Can you drive? And I'm like, Yeah, I've only been smoking. I got this. And like, <laughs> I got to drive his Gallardo while he was fucked up. And he's like, I just want you to floor it. This shit is so awesome. And I'm like, you know what, man? Fuck it. Let's do it. Cause if I go, what a way to go. And I'm still here to tell the story. It was great. That's funny as fuck. That's, that's some Miami shit for uh, sure. Oh my god, dude! He was, I. This kid went from like a. Oh, we should actually on another episode that could definitely be a Vice City story because this kid had such a crazy story that eventually led to federal time. But <laughs> we're not going to talk about that now. Um, but I remember meeting him, you know, and he pulled up in like a '93 Integra, and within like two years bro like fucking h2 lambo like all the the hot whips of the time like the kid was just running it you know doing that that florida fraud shit you know like that's a whole nother story but holy shit that kid lived a wild life right there's some crazy people now here i don't really ask that's why i thought it was funny that fucking youtube trend like how do you make your money (laughs) (laughs) you can't do that here. (laughs) <laughs> like you wouldn't do that down here. Like you know, mind your motherfucking business and just keep it moving. How many of them I, will pull guns? I oh bet you, God. like the best ten people, three of them are gonna pull guns. They like, do what? that shit, and I was here at the. Mall. I, I've seen them doing it at the mall one time, and then I, I saw a bunch of people hating. It was like got reposted, and they all had like rollies on, like some some nicer like hype rollies and fucking Rolexes, 
and uh, they were like, how'd you get these? You know, and they were like, said they own some company. And I saw people in the comments hating, saying they're drug dealers and shit. So it's just all in all, just the culture is not as weird and fucked up to me. Like running up on, like you could be out in public and just like anyone run up with the camera now. Like you got nice shit on motherfuckers want to know how you make your money. They got a camera in your fucking face. Too. Well, I can't wait because I'm going to tell fuck's my- wrong. What's I wrong with their this mom. society, bro? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I, I got no chill for shit like that. I hate that. I hate the culture of people that like it, it's the self entitled culture of millennials and beyond. If anyone wants to do like big numbers on YouTube, I have a solid plan right here. You don't have to give me any credit. I don't want it. I want to make you, you know, influence you to do it. So I want you. I want someone to walk into like dispensaries in florida like smoking a blunt or smoking a joint or like in there pull out a bong out of a backpack and hit it and like get it on camera it's gonna have to be someone young and stupid because uh, look who the fuck is gonna do that that actually has like shit to lose you know what i'm saying unless they're so invested into the persona of making that channel work that yeah, you have to do. It's no different than a rapper like catching a charge to fucking push an album. Like yeah, they do that shit all the time. You can run, bro. You don't have to go to jail. Yeah. Um, oh it's my gonna god. Take a minute for the police to get there. That reminds me. That's like one of my favorite songs ever from that little rapper in Texas, uh, Little TJ, whatever his name is. Fucking uh, on the run. While he was on the run. Yeah. He, oh, dude, such a little gangster. He's in prison for like 80 years, but still, you know, kudos to him. Yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah, the race, take it. I don't like yeah. that Because, listen, the second person he murdered was fucking in San Antonio on, on San Pedro. Fucking, like, the main, like, it'd be like, I don't know, like, the Aventura of fucking San Antonio. Like, the main mall is there, North Star Mall. And he fucking shot this kid, man. It was a videographer, and they tried to steal his cameras and shit. And, um. Uh, you know, it's Texas, bro. So the dude jumped on his windshield, starts kicking it, and they fucking shot him and killed him. Um, at that, at the, you know, the middle of the fucking north side of, of San Antonio. So, like, I always, like, it was weird because that shit was, like, kind of close to home. And, um, it's crazy. I mean, is the song funny? Hilarious. Oh, that did the song is great, but fuck that little kid. They got if, guns if and I was a video, bro, I, I would be vested up. Fuck being strapped up. I'm already holding something because it's a camera. At the you least, I would guns like, dude, that, yeah. yeah, I'm going to put my camera down to pick. No, just have a vest on and hope they don't fucking go through. Like, that's that's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, well, now that we're on the topic, I don't really talk about hip hop too much. It's not like, you know, I've, you know, grown up with it. I love it. I don't. The state of it is really sad. It's actually non-existent. You know, I, don't, I think hip hop has been dead for a long time, so it's weird to say hip hop. But like, that's how you know you're old. Um, this kid, that Melly kid, I can't stand that little motherfucker. Just because I solely in my heart feel like he fucking killed his friends, and I just think that's like he definitely did. But what if they like did something to deserve it? I don't give a fuck. He he was too cheap to have somebody else do it, and like. <laughs> And he it, did that. Not like you can tell he did it out of pure. Like if he did it, he did it, it out passionate. of pure rage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, was it like wasn't just thought out. Moment, it's just like you know? shit happened. He he yeah. felt wronged, whatever it was, and just blah, blah, you know, whatever it was, it's just bat. And just how 
It would have been one. I think it would have been better off for him to fucking toss the guns and then be like, yo, we had an argument mid conversation. They pulled their guns out. I shot. And instead of doing the whole have your friend pick them up and like all that fucked up shit, bro. Like, come on. Shut up. Yeah. I mean, the way, you know, I don't know. It's like, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's weird. I mean, the mistrial thing was crazy. I don't really keep up with, uh, neither do I. I just saw that there was a mistrial. So I don't really know what that means for the kid. It's Florida shit. Like that's like, you know, YNW Melly, like, it's like, I don't know where he was from, but I know he has like seven, seven, two songs and shit. So he's like from that area, treasure coast or whatever, whatever you would call it. So yeah, we, we pay attention to it. Um, you, you know, it's weird because it's like another murder. You know, so if he did do it, it's just weird. Society is weird. They claim oh, the songs too. I murder on my mind. Most of the songs are just like oh, it was textbook. Like when you rap about the shit you did, and the, will it the reason I, I used to like YNW Melly was a uh, he was like name? redo older songs and like change the lyrics the lyrics and make him real violent but it was still like really artistic i guess that's why kanye liked him immediately when he met him right and recorded with him immediately but yeah yeah that's probably the only song that i could fuck with of his is that remix that kanye's on because it's tolerable but But, um, you know i I listen to mostly uh to mostly like obviously reggae and like gospel music and stuff like that you listen to ska please tell me you don't no i don't listen to ska but but let's not talk shit about ska because i got some friends that are in a ska band they're they're i think they play brass instruments so that they no look here's the thing if you're playing ska you're you're a musician you're, you have yeah. a brass section, you're doing it. It's the people that listen to your shit. It's like the dudes that make fire rosin but can't help that the people that buy there are like, meh, there's something to be left desired. <laughs> well, That's what I can say about ska. Sorry, I'm a musician at heart. You're not going to catch me talking shit on musicians. But well, it is funny to watch the crowds they attract. Dead right. shows. I mean, Fish shows. Uh, come on. I mean, I'm just telling you, dude. That was like my introduction to cannabis as a child as I like met some older people that were like deadheads obviously and their fucking kids all had dreadlocks they were really young and they would like give us mushroom chocolates as children and give us weed and you know and it was it was funny because when you're young like that um and you got parents that let you do that there's always like a house that like one parent that let everyone do whatever they want you know and then like there was always that one happen. parent that didn't give a flying fuck there's about always their that child one. and then if something happened or it was like they wanted to be the cool one. parent or yeah, it was the one that was like teenage years. The, I, I had a parent or a friend that was like, "I know you guys are gonna get fucked up. I would feel better if you're getting fucked up here because then none of us have to get a call that we don't want to get." And she was a nurse in the ER, so like she was, she'd show us pictures of shit and be like, "Don't fuck up. Just stay in the house and do whatever you're gonna do." So for right. years, dude, it was party fucking central. Like, right. yo. And we had a, one of my friend's parents left for Brazil for two weeks. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, nonstop psychedelic party. Like to the point where you know how when you start getting fucked up with people and you see them on a continuous basis? Like, I mean, days. Like after the third day, you're already kind of like cousins. And as time goes on, you're like you sort of sink into this new weird like <clears throat> drug family vibe. And it was really funny. Yo, you had people. We we didn't really know each other until we linked with this party because we were all friends of friends, you know, except for like the core group, you know. People started taking like, you know, the the the, the mom, dad, clean cook rolls, 
fucked up as all hell on psychedelics. And then you had the, the, the kids that were just like in the pool the whole time, just floating. And then you had sections of the house that were fucking, you know, our homies set up his turntables and there was just a constant set, you know. And then in the other room, we had like fucking a drum, you know, guitar and bass set up. And so it was like in the garage, it was just fucking beds and a sleeping mats with lights and all sorts of shit. Like, dude, it was everywhere you went, people were having some sort of psychedelic experience. And like it, it around day seven it turned into this like fucked up psychedelic soup kitchen and like this one dude once he got so fucked up he's like i'll keep cooking and and that's okay because all i want to do is just keep cooking and making these you know and like he was just on what was he cooking bro he was well he was in the army and he was a fucking cook so he legit yeah so he was like just like he That's would roll. He stepped bro, the fuck up that night. Didn't he, he did because he's like he did, he's bro. like how long are they gone for? He's like two weeks. He's like how many days do you need to clean? Four days. He's like so ten. He's like yeah. So it's like all four right. days he, to clean. Yeah, because bro. Because, because prepared. Yeah, we were. This isn't our first time. You're like we have to repair walls. We need oh, four yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we, we had have to drywall. We had drywall. Yeah, and plumbers. <laughs> we had. Yeah, yeah. We one of those parties got so bad that we had to replace two French doors, repaint them and like do all this crazy shit to make it look like we didn't destroy these vintage ass doors that we did. Um, (laughs) So one time uh, my homie fucked up or I don't know what his deal was, but his mom's like, you can't take your car. I'm parking my Camaro in front of the, in front of your car. So you can't take it. So we strategically planned how to move her car just enough so that we can fucking roll the car back and then lift the car back and move the car like four inches back to where it was. And she was like, did you move my car? She's like, no, we didn't start the car at all. <laughs> did know, she still that in some other or what? Like, well, she- no, yeah, dog, we just had our home. Like it was like 12 dudes and all of us were like, you know, very fucking fit at the time. If we weren't fighting, most of us were football players or baseball players. So like, it was nothing for a dozen dudes to lift up an old Camaro and slide it over, you know? That's fucking insane. Yeah, yeah. We used to do some wild shit. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Like, I don't, you know, kids don't, I don't think they have, like, maybe I hope that there's in certain places where kids still have that, like, chance to just be kids and fuck off or whatever, you know? Like, when we had an issue with someone who spit on one of our homies at school, we... Uh, we knew he worked at McDonald's, and so we waited uh, till after after school. We knew he was at work, you know, whatever the case was. So we pull into the drive-through because we knew he was taking orders. Place an order, acting nonchalant. First window, you know, it's him. We pull him out through the window into this expedition that has the seats laid out, and we're all in like wrestlers' positions, ready to basically lay elbows and fists to this dude, which we did. So we put him into the van and we beat the shit out of him to a point. We circled back around because we didn't get our food yet. And when we were done, the ass, beated, the ass beating lasted long enough where we turned around. By the time we got to the first window, we didn't fuck him up in the face. All body shots because he's at work. We were considerate. And that was one of those things where like, you know, he never spit on anyone again. He was always really nice to us afterwards. And we never had to do some crazy shit like that again. And we got our food that day. And it was awesome. 
Just started spitting on you people, huh? You never did that again. Yeah, no, nah, that's like the one for me. Like hundred percent. You say what you want, whatever, but like you spit on a motherfucker, put hands on. Like I, I'm so respectful to everyone I meet. You know, like just touch me or spit on me, bro, and then I will. I, I all that just goes out the window. You know, I, that's something I'm working on. But you know, this is twenty fucking years ago, dude. So like, yeah, we were kids, but you know. Did we do it maliciously like we were going to really fucking hurt him? No. And I think that's the difference between, like, people growing up then and people growing up now. And we heard that shit all the time growing up when our older relatives or our parents were like, you don't know shit. You don't, you know, you know, I think we've just we wanted as parents to make our life easier for our kids so much so that we cushioned things a little too much, I think. So I think that's the best way to say it as someone who's, you know, had to experience that now and play that role. So like, I get it a little more, but it's weird, dude. It's weird. I wish I remember his name. Um, Yeah. What do you think about the cannabis industry not being regulated by violence anymore? (laughs) Oh, okay. Like people just rob everyone or don't pay people back and people just cry on Instagram about it. I'm not telling you to, to go do anything. It's just completely different than how it was 15, 20 years ago. I mean, well, let me start by saying, I think there should be death squads for people that rob people in this industry. Like I have a zero tolerance thing on people robbing people in our industry, whether it's traditional or on the legitimate side, you know, is either, or like, no love for Jack boys ever in this world. Like you guys can feed all the plants I ever grow. And that's how I feel about that. That sounds super cold. I just don't like thieves like that. So like that specifically, I just, eh, no. So what do I think about it personally? I think people shouldn't put themselves in a position to be victims. And I think people, whether you are personally doing this, whether you are in business for yourself or in, you know, an entity or whatever the case is, situational awareness with who you are dealing with at all times, especially when it comes to money and or this plant are life or death. Truly. You never, you know, people can wait on you to get the long con in to like, see how your shit goes to see how your clock moves so they can stop it. You know, like that's, this industry has made me not trust anybody. I was talking about that with you earlier, actually. As a matter of fact, we were on the phone. You know, and another thing is, like, if you're in a position in the state of Florida to let any of these dispensaries run up a tab, I don't care what kind of business you are. Guys, it's not fucking rocket science. These are multi-million dollar companies asking you to fucking give them shit and run up a tab or however the fuck billions being done pay you know whatever the fuck it is charge these motherfuckers up front you know just common sense guys in every other state these places owe tons of other you know where it's not vertical licensing and it's horizontal they owe tons of people money so if they can get you they will so yeah so to to touch on your questions supply stores anything don't fucking yeah so violence in the industry how do i you know now that it's not run on that like okay it's it dog it's so here's what i'm gonna say because i actually want to talk about this at a later time with my experience here in ohio and it's like it's right up there with how bad shit was in florida bro i gotta tell you and it's a new one it's like every time you dance with the devil they don't look the same 
and you see a new part of them. It's the right. truth, dude. I'm, I'm fucking telling you. So I have to, I'm not going to touch in on specifics right now. Cause that it would take a whole nother hour plus to get into it. But I've had people in this industry. And when I say people, it's not individuals, it's entities fucking faceless, soulless piece of shit entities that somehow end up monopolizing licenses because daddy, mommy, who the fuck ever. It's disgusting. Those are the people I'm talking about. So if that's not you, then don't worry about it. But anyways. And if that is you, you smoke fuck you. <laughs> exactly. Um, Why are you listening to this shit? Yeah, nah, fucking ride my dick. But um, do I feel like there's a place for violence? <laughs> Ten years ago, I would have told you, you know, I would have given whatever energy is there, I would have given it back. Because that's like the free-flowing state of like, yeah, I am what you give me. And that shit is kind of toxic if you think about it. Like I had to look at that perspective in a more personal one to see that that doesn't hold long-term value dealing with people like that or dealing with yourself like that. You're actually doing yourself a huge disservice by doing that. Well, I'm going to give you what you give me energy because then you allow anybody who comes at you sideways to give them the fucking power to bring you down to their fucking level and once i realized that <laughs> it wasn't the same anymore in the best possible way so once you realize you, you weren't cracking everyone's head that deserved it and it would fuck your whole day up and essentially your life and go to jail you were like well he, here's the thing uh, don't touch what's mine don't talk about what's mine you want to talk about my my dead child you want to talk about my past like cool all day. I've had the most insane shit said to me over the last 10 years doing this fucking company. Um, honestly, now the only thing I think I could put hands on somebody for in that situation is, is, is robbing my piece. And even then dude, like there's people specifically very recently, even here who I always tell you, if you wrong me and I'm being extraordinarily kind and polite, don't trust me. It's the best advice I could give you. And I'll say it with a smile, like a sweetheart. It's the best thing I can say. I don't think that it's worth, no matter what the setback is, no matter what your employer, no matter what your partner, no matter what, whomever you're dealing with in any aspect of this industry is worth your time like that. Now, don't get me wrong. On a personal level, people are, you know, being disrespectful. And if it's coming to a face-to-face -face thing where it's not so much the legalities of your actions afterwards, but people clearly disrespecting you, rearrange that motherfucker's face, please. Because at that point, no one should be up in your shit like that. And if you have to kindly explain that, and if I throw my hands up and I can feel your chest touch my fingertips more than three times, I'm going to break your jaw. Or I'm going to try to. That's it. That that's it. That, that, that's just it, you know? And, um, it's not being so violent. They're just potheads. That's, that's, how I, that's how I used to feel until I've been dealing with you motherfuckers for five years. It's not the potheads that get me like that, bro. Most of the people that are like, it's not them. 
it's not them. The last people I've had serious issues like that with are like Chad. Yeah. They're they're not like us. They're not like you know, I've, Brad's I've had haters, dude. I've had haters coming me sideways because of like who I was dating at the time or like stupid little things like personal things where it's like bro you live on a bus like why are you worried about who i'm fucking so or like, what, were you, what stu- were you doing dating someone in the industry so like people no, were no, no, no. So here's the thing i i've been like the like how long ago so like eight years ago i was in a very like super public relationship with a very like you would call them like uh patient zero of the weed influencers because they were literally one of the fucking first holy wow. shit Creepy to say that. Devastating. Yeah, huge, huge, huge following at the time. Even then, you know, like 2013, 14, you're talking almost like 80,000 followers. And then, like, after that relationship, anyone who's been following me, like, before 2014 knows exactly what I'm talking about. After that relationship, um, because that person's life, every aspect of their life was so public, once our lives became intertwined, even though so very um, abruptly and short that I, I no longer had um, privacy in my life. And that really sort of fucked with me. That's interesting. So you uh, wouldn't date a cannabis influencer. That's too public. Um, what was she uh, doing posting where you were at, uh, what you were doing with no, the inside of your house? Yeah, dude, it got way weirder than that. Like we would, she would post things on her Snapchat and not tell me. And then I would have people hit me up on Snapchat, like with weird energy. I'm going to be very broad in how I say that. Cause I don't really want to get into it. Cause it's weird. Oh, that's cool. It's my yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, no man, it was the thing that was weird about it was, you know, she was very like promiscuous and like, it, that's not even the shit that bugged me. Cause I just like genuinely, like we had a connection on cannabis she told me that she had uh, curbed an opiate addiction with the help of cannabis. And I thought that was like the most commendable thing at the time. So you were like, you were a dope fiend and now you're not. So yeah, I was like, that's really cool. Here's some hash. Like, congrats. Like that's, that's awesome. Like fuck mm. drugs, you know, like, and that's where mm. I left it. And you know, I obviously at the time, I, I just won the cannabis cup, bro. Literally like the fucking, the one that Cuban and all these other ones won their first one out. So it was like 2015. And at the time there was a hype or whatever. So she kind of gravitated towards that. It had nothing to do with that. It was more of the aspect of what happened privately where she was still dealing with these addictions. And then she just had a lot of issues that like, she was very manipulative. She was just like, I had never dated an addict like that. And bro, our, our last conversation, like, where we were, you know, in the same place together almost eight, nine years ago was her like, you know, you don't even know that I'm fucked up. And she proceeded to like fucking pull out aluminum foil and straw and start to smoke Roxy's in front of me in my car. And I'm like, yo, who the fuck is this? What is this? I had no idea. She's smoking a ton. Dude, I had no fucking clue. She's just smoking. Like I had no idea because I had like, that was not my shit, bro. She was toasting marshmallows in your yeah, car, and you're legit. like, "What the I'm fuck like, is uh, this?" What the, the yeah, we. Wow, I, this, I, this episode took a dark turn. It did. It did. So yeah, that shit ended that day, and I was like, seriously, and it was weird because she was like, 
you know, you're supposed to be this fucking helper and you can't help me with the, and it was, it was just this weird thing. I hadn't had somebody fuck with me like that mentally. So like I wasn't prepared. And so like for a while she did have me thinking like, damn, was she an addict? And I couldn't just see it as like, I'm thinking all this, like, fuck you, bro. Like I think about this often and laugh now. Cause I'm like, I, I was so dumb. Like, geez, oh like, like, damn, no, like, you were so someone. nice. Oh dude. I was so nice. Like if you'd have met me, 10 years ago, I was a fucking teddy bear. I smiled differently. I was like a very different person. It's I like st- that Anakin Skywalker meme. It's like before <laughs> yeah. the cannabis industry. After. Oh, dude. So, but, but you, so, so that's something, you know, cannabis brings people of all types of people together. And, and sometimes maybe we'll see people meet or I, I don't think you should date in the cannabis industry. You should probably just leave that your business. If that's what you're doing. I think and you should leave your side, business, but... your business period, no matter what it is. I don't yeah, think it's like, I'll tell people straight up. I am so things are a literal hellfire around me. Like burning, like other people would have, I don't even know, dude, but I'm weirdly fucking happy right now. And I wouldn't that's change good. that weirdly fucking happy for anything in the world. So unless it's like about business or like how to move the brand forward or, or any of that shit, I don't want to hear it. Like, honestly, um, um, all that, you know, like if it's not about <laughs> dude, yeah. If it's not about hash patients or somehow, you know, helping me make more of those things to help other people, I, I don't care. You know, you're, I, I'm polite in the sense of like, I'm happy to talk to anyone who has questions about cannabis, like, especially if they're doing it themselves, because I'm all about empowering people to learn that shit, you know, like, Hey, if I'm ever in a state and I'm doing drops, or if you see me somewhere and you can locally support what I'm doing, great. But I would love for you to know just as much as I do so we can have better conversations in the future. You know, I don't, I don't use this as a tool to be like, yeah, I do this except for like one thing with CBD. Cause that's really like a big ass flex that like big brain nerds can't figure it out, but whatever. Anyways, everything else I'm so happily transparent on, you know, when people ask, unless they're like, I know they're going to monetize on it. Like if I know people are like setting up a grow in their house because they're going to do their first chop and they're doing a rosin drop and I'm like, I'm not going to give you free text that you can monetize, bro. Suck a dick. If you're doing this because you're saving money and you you're, you just can't afford to be giving money to patients or middlemen or whatever the, or, or um, the centers or middlemen or whatever the case is, those are the kind of people I want to help. You know, like that to me is I'll do that all day. And people will tell you like they they get very different sides of me. There's no there's no in between. I'm either all for it or just completely cold. It's, there's no you know there's no reason to be rude or mean or anything at this point. I just I don't give people the time of day or the energy. You know, and I used to give a lot of people way more of my energy on on many different levels. I had people, you know, like do you remember being a kid and you know you're walking at a mall or something with your parents or family, or maybe it's yourself, whatever the case is. And you, you know, there's a big glass, you know, display and there's something there that just like took over and you had to go and look at it. Sometimes it's a car, you know, like it could have been anything, but do you understand the feeling that I'm trying to explain that feeling of seeing something and just like putting your face against the fucking glass to stare at it? I mean, 
Yeah, because I go to aquariums a lot. Okay, perfect. So I've had plenty of people in my life who, um, you know, they want you to be down for them. They want like they want all the best versions of you, and they want they want the they you know they want the version of you that they see when you're with people who've been ride or die with you the last 10 years or in the same industry with you 15 years, they want that, you know, and they look through that and they, they want to be a part of that in some way. And it's, it's weird how people reach out for the reasons that they reach out. And I've noticed that in like the last five years, anyone who's tried to get close to me, it's been so objective in the sense of like, it is like, I outside of what I talk about weed on my shit, I'm a ghost. I don't put, anything about myself aside from like you and some homies like no one really fucking knows what i do outside of this shit and i'm perfectly okay with that and that's kind of from back in the day bro dealing with cannabis back in the day i mean if you fucking were low-key as fuck right i mean i think we talked before about how i mean when you were younger involved with that shit bro and your family was involved in it you knew not to fucking talk about it i mean when you're in when you're in elementary school and shit like i mean when you're little, like, you don't really get it. Like, you know, it's bad. Like, I don't know. It's weird when your parents do something and tell you, like, not to tell anyone. But, you know, to, to like, see, see it from that, you know, and, and prohibition and people getting 90 days for eighths of weed and shit like that or even worse, you know, depending on the circumstance and maybe who it is. It's, it's crazy to see it from that to, you know, blonde women fucking smoking in parks, you know, posting on Instagram. Can you imagine getting caught smoking a joint in a park back in the day, bro? It would have been a nightmare. You know what I mean? Like, because the drugs around parks rule or whatever the fuck that shit is. I don't know if that's in Florida or not, but it's just crazy to see it. And, um, you know, people used to be so private. A lot of people still are. And then to see people get, you know, slack about being private, it's a joke. It's like no one has to make their life public to anyone in this fucking shitty ass industry. And for anyone to expect anyone to, you're a fucking clown, dude. Obviously, you're new to cannabis. So fuck your guys' new industry and rules. No, 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 no. It's true, though. But like, here's the thing. Part of me is like, all right, you can be everything I just explained and be very, you know, cold towards the things that don't matter but at the same time like i still very much give a fuck and when i see especially younger patients you know it's cool to see people that are still passionate in it and have hopes even though you know they have to get destroyed so that they understand the reality of it now here's the difference the people that get up and say wow that was a phase that sucked i'm not doing that again okay great congratulations it's the people that pick up, brush themselves off, and keep going on the path. Those are the kids that I want to fuck with because if they're all fucking Chads and Chadwicks and, and turds, then we really have no hope. I think the legacy very much still has to influence what is going on um, with, you know the industry and the lifeline that is its workers essentially. And how those two intersect is more often than not, you have legacy bound consultants that have made their way in and out of facilities. And then most of the people that are coming into these jobs, if they're not learning from a corporate Chad or Chadwick or, you know, whatever, they are learning from people that were put in that position because they were legacy operators and, 
they can, you know, do whatever at that point. Um, the worlds always intersect. <clears throat> so I think it's really important to, to be on good standing. You know, I don't ever want somebody, I know you have your certain way of dealing with people and I love you for it. Like, I, like, honestly, it's, it's some of my favorite shit in the world. The way I deal with people is also different, which I think is what makes this really interesting and unique. Because I don't ever want someone to feel like, even if you are working for the fucking slumlord chads of, you know, whatever the fuck, you know, one of us might hate you more than the other, but I'll entertain. Whatever, bro. No, it's it's true. What's wrong with you, dude? (laughs) I'm just messing with you. Hey, if you work for a dispensary, whatever, learn your fucking lesson. Just don't come crying to me after, because I don't give a fuck. Yeah, and and that's like... You, you got to learn that. So like He's when, right, you, when I, you, I have less tolerance. No. And that's, I, I love that. That's cool. There's, you know, there's, there's good and bad. You got to be good <laughs> and bad in this. So you don't understand that we're not doing or saying any of this to be mean. And I don't want, I want to live in a world where somebody is actually excited about the program. And like, I want to get back to when social media was sharing how fucking bomb shit was and how these drops were selling out because the shit was so fucking fire that it was getting sold secondhand on the black market because it was so fucking good. Instead of what we see now, it's just an endless sea of memes and I love them. But the reason why we see them is because there's material for them to be created. So it's not the fact that everyone's trolling. It's the fact that everyone's so sick of this shit that no one, no one wants to tune in to a dude with a beard and a, and a fucking brim hat fucking talk about how everything sucks all the time. People tune the fuck out. But if that dude makes a fucking hilarious meme, the shit ignites like wildfire and is shared all throughout the community. And that is the reality of how we are sharing the fact that we are unhappy with shit now. And I don't think people really understand that. I, I don't think they do. And I don't think like if we look at our behavior as a whole, and it's like how memes are genuinely <laughs> like it's crazy how important they've become in marketing and how they can make and break and destroy things that are either starting to trend that are fucking writing hard or whatever the case is. There are things so fire out there that there's memes where like you can't even knock it type shit where it's like I want to say some fuck but I can't this shit is fire and I love that that's what I want to get back to and I think people relying on <clears throat> on, on on companies like fucking Sea Junkie and, and Cookies and, and Jungle Boys no disrespect to any of them except any of the ones who have brought plant diseases and possibly fuck people over so you take your pick on on which ones those are the important thing I'm trying to say is like, dude, this industry as a whole has been just overfilled with gelatos, cookies. And like, it's just, it's so, it's saddening, you know, what started to sell is what got marketable. And now that left a lot of really good, amazing genetics in the dust. Now you're starting to see people go back and, you know, they're, they're starting to get premiums from like for, for old school strains. Like I'm seeing dudes on the West Coast bringing Purple Urkel back and, um, you know, starting to, to, to bring the real Purple Urkel back, but also crossing it with things that aren't fucking, you know, like in, in old school offerings, you know, that are, that are consistent with that time and that flavor. And so we can really see over the next course of a couple of years is I think these people start to stand out that 
once all the cookies and all the gelatos start to taste the same, no matter what different flavor or fruit you put in front of it, people are going to want that fucking gas again, bro. People are going to want that chem. People are going to want that pepper. People are going to want funny. the lemon. People are going to want the baby shit diaper gravy terps straight up. Like, it's funny you say that because I've been getting some older strains and like the old heads I know and shit are like hype about it. And it's nice to kind of go back to some older skunks and stuff like that. I know some people in other parts of the state growing, like trying to, anyway, doing stuff. And, you know, you're right. The shit, the mediocrity. I mean, that's what most cannabis should be called is mediocrity OG or mediocrity kush or whatever the fuck it is. Mediocrity cookies, because I don't know, like I'm not one to hate on whatever nutrients you're using or running, whatever the fuck you're doing. But it's kind of just like at one point, like when everyone's doing stuff the same way, I mean, it's like fruits and veggies commercially produced just really don't have the same flavor if you grow your own food. So it's like, want- yeah, it might be good and it might be sustainable, but is it really like superior quality? And, and the answer is no. And you know, so you want to know how I feel about everything you just said in the what? best way possible. All right. What? <sighs> Sam's club and Costco. They've got, Kirkland brand and uh, Sam's Choice or whatever it is, something something of the sort like that. Those are those in-house brands for both those prospective companies. The Kirkland brand essentially makes a fuck ton of different shit. Now, here's the kicker. Really, they don't. What they do is they, I don't want to say, they, 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 they repackage a lot of things. They have a lot of deals with companies where essentially like they are buying essentially, you know, like Kirkland Vodka is actually like uh, the same where Grey Goose is made. Same shit. Um, a lot of the foods that you would get that are like, you know, the Kirk, it's actually the same shit. When people are using the same nutrients to run their brands and their shit and you're running the same fucking recipe that has been passed around like like the first joint you've ever smoked with like fucking eight friends on you know like yeah dude it's going to be gross and wet and that shit's going to get around it's fucking Dang. gross and that's exactly that's why I don't smoke with people. That sounds that, fucking sick. Yeah, but that's my point. That's what kind of what you're left with where it's like when everyone's running Athena or what's the other one? I don't fucking know, dude. Like, you can run salts right if you're not running them in a rush. Most people on production schedules are in a rush. So it's hard for me to say, like, oh, yeah. But I have seen private growers who, you know, like, I I give it to salts. It's You can basically run it to where you're almost, like, not having to do much on the labor side, once you have all your lines set up and the way that your feeding is so integrated and easy, it's like it takes money and everything to set it up, but the cost and the time to set it up means that you have all the time in the world not to be hand watering, not to be tilling soil, not to like it's it's a very different thing, you know. And if you go the other way around and do it organically, it's just a big labor of love. Both processes can yield amazing fruit, but the problem is. Everyone, even on the black, you know, like 
if they're running Athena like that and they're in a situation where they're running big numbers and all that and they're not supposed to, like, they're not trying to fucking run a plant for, like, 92, 100 days or whatever. They're going to cut as soon as they fucking can, even if it's a GMO or, or something that stands to go longer, you know? Um, it's the same shit. It's like we've gotten so used to letting rushed cannabis be acceptable that we are left with dog shit. And it's all like, I know I, you know, a lot of people think like I'm a cookies hater. I just, I, I hate what they've done to the gene pool. You know, it's just, it's the same shit. So like you, you know, there are breeders out there that are doing some wonderful work. And then there's people out there that are, you know, buying those genetics and actually running and testing them and not running, you know, the same old shit that everyone's running, you know, like people are getting fucking tired of it, dude. Do you think we should like maybe run, start crossing like more like modern hype strains with older strains again? I mean, isn't that what most things are just fucking derived from anyway? I uh, I think part of the problem is everyone crossing everything because I think people, you know, only the elites stand time and are wanted unadulterated you know like right like when like, people remember strains it's never like yeah that's a good point you know it, it, like SFVOG, um you know ghost og uh you know mango haze uh you know chem dog um blueberry um there's yeah, a I haven't lot had, of, like a good blueberry in fucking years yeah and you wouldn't want a cross of it you'd rather have the best version of fucking dj shorts blueberry you'd have and that's the problem Everyone, like, that's what you saw with the gelatos. Like, oh, this is fire. And then, you know, gelato and, 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 and Skittles, and now you got runs. And it's like, dude, fuck all of you. Like, Skittles is acceptable because it actually just tastes really good. But I'm not the biggest fan of it either. And it's not something I can smoke all the time. It's just a nice palate changer, you know? Um, yeah. I've never said that about a fucking gelato in my life, dude. Straight up. It some you of hated the, on me for smoking gelatos. You I told have, me not to and I will forever. Sorry, <laughs> I'm just not a fan. I just like you know, if it were really get ga- like, if it tasted really good or it had something unique to it, where you're just like, wow, that's I can see no, but it's just like it's all the same, you know, or it's all a different variation of themselves. It's like if you only had, you know. I don't even know, man. It's like if you've got, you know, red Kool-Aid and fucking blue Kool-Aid and you just keep mixing them both, like at the end, you're just left with a bunch of green muck or purple muck or whatever. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, Don't piss in the Kool-Aid. It's gross. You know, and I think, you know, there are people that are doing, you know, there are companies out there and I I watch them, you know, and I, I, I know the breeders that they're fucking with. And like there are people that are doing it, but it's not. The problem is you got the big players fucking throwing in their cardboard turps and fucking giving you their herm genetics and all this bullshit and, you know, all the plant diseases that come along the way. And their whole goal is to get rich. They don't give a flying fuck about you. They don't care about me. They don't care about the plant. They don't care about who they're going to hurt. All they care about is money. And I got to tell you, man, it's – I don't know many people – in my circle that would turn down a million dollar check for anything. 
It takes a lot. Do you lot think of... I would turn one down from corporate cannabis? Yeah, I think you would. Well, it depends on the day and the conversation. But whatever, you're supposed to come on, dude. It's public. You're supposed to lie. I am. I, I definitely think you would not take it. <laughs> I've, dude, I've turned it down twice now. Very early on in Fox Jacks, and you know, uh, around the time that we were doing uh, CBG formulations and stuff like that, in the early back in the day, yeah. And yo, there's nights where I'm like, was that the? And then I look at what those people are doing now, and I'm like, oh yeah. I was like, oh yeah, like without a doubt, without a doubt. And I, I don't know many people that would you know don't get me wrong too like there's days where i'm like oh that was probably a big l you know whatever but end of the day i just that's not what fucking drives me and i know you know what i'm doing is is to get you know my circle and my family to a point where we can enjoy our time together but money's not what drives me to like say I want to do this or that. Like money needs to be correct because I think when 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 people hear you say that, they assume like, yeah, I'm bad this guy dog shit and he's just passionate, so he'll do it. I'm like, with that same energy, your fucking lab might get burned down, bro. You really can't be fucking people over like that. Because not everyone is mentally stable in this space. As it's the, tr- it's the truth. Sorry. I mean, fuck I mean, it's so- cannabis. A lot of us have prior addictions and prior other things. You're right. Mental health history. I mean, it helps. So it's like, it's just not good to take advantage of people. Like just because someone's willing to help or go above and beyond doesn't mean that. So I've take learned advantage of it. So. Exactly. So I've learned that while money is not what makes me jump, there's a certain number that needs to be in the room before I'm ever even in it, you know, and that's okay. And if that doesn't, and then it's just, it, it's simply well, with not inflation and everything. Everyone deserves a comfortable cost of living, no matter where they are. And why wouldn't you want your employee to be comfortable? It's very weird. You know it, what I mean? It's, it's, it's almost like they try to enslave people and get them stuck in situations, rents as a consultant. You're not paying me for, you know, the 20 minutes to two hours that I'm there to fix, adjust, teach, improve, whatever it is. I'm there because I spent the last almost 20 years learning how to do that in a way where I can walk in a room and troubleshoot it and figure out how to get things moving properly before the end of the business day. And that's what people who (laughs) blows my mind. They are owners of multi-million dollar licenses. Don't know the first fucking thing about that. Don't know anything about anything. And and yet those are the same people that are telling that weeds about money. Sorry. That are telling people like us what our time is worth. When if the, you know, it's just like, no, that needs to stop. So I'm okay with the quality of cannabis going down the shitter. If it means, um, if nothing is changing with the workforce and how people are being treated that produce it, then fuck you guys. Just grow it yourselves. I think there's a coming financial storm for a lot of these big guys. And we'll talk about that on the next episode. I want to try to get some numbers and news stories, um, especially about some of these bigger, bigger places that don't really like me. 
I don't know why. That's actually good because I'm going to talk about my exit from this latest company on that next episode, and I think it'll be peanut butter and jelly. Wow, we're going to get this story funny. All right, here we go. Uh, You know what that sounds means? Usually I'd say the overlords are pissed, but I think we've had a pretty fun episode. I actually got pretty fucking personal because this motherfucker just asked me shit and I just fucking answer it. So, I can get anyone to tell me anything. That's a superpower. Congratulations. But this is a great episode. I had a lot of fun. Um, I got a little personal with you guys, so I hope you enjoyed it. You know, like I said, um, and like I'm always saying, thank you so much for the support thus far. If you've listened through this whole thing, you've listened to our episodes. Thank you so much. If there's anything in the world that I could ask of you guys right now, it would be for you guys to like and rate us. Uh, possibly even leave a review, uh, Spotify, Apple podcast, uh, YouTube, whatever floats your boat. We absolutely appreciate you. If you want to keep up with more of our antics on what we're doing, both of our Instagram handles are also on the bio of the square grouper podcast page, which is at square grouper podcast on Instagram. Thank you so much. We currently still have some save the bail shirts for sale. You can feel free to contact us for colors and sizes by the time you hear this. If you haven't already scooped one, I would suggest you grab it now because these will not be made again. And also, moving forward, we will have news on our store and website where we will have more things available for you guys, including stickers and all sorts of dope-ass shit. So, again, thank you so much for supporting this cool little venture Dave and I have been on uh, that we've been talking about ever since the stormy night during a hurricane uh, with a dude who was doing ketamine or something. I don't know. But either way. Oh, man. We don't know that for sure. Uh, assumptions. Assumptions. <laughs> but whatever. Either way. That was Almost a, a year ago. It was. It's kind of crazy, dude. So thank you guys so much. And again, like, follow, share. Please let us know what you think. Review us. It would genuinely help us a lot. And yeah, thank you. Uh, looking forward to the next one. Like we said, we're going to be touching up on some pretty cool shit. So make sure you stay tuned. I know these fucking Ohio chads are shaking at the bits for me to talk about it. So again, fuck them. And thank you guys so much. We love and appreciate you. Have a wonderful night and we'll catch you on the next one.